Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate Hanley, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm exploring how to use writing as a tool for personal growth. Because, as I covered on Monday, everyone's a writer, including you. You write emails, to-do lists, letters, thank you notes, presentations. You are undoubtedly a writer. And your writing isn't just for other people. It's an incredibly powerful way to commune with yourself, too, and figure out what matters to you and what you want to focus on and which choice you should make and process whatever you're going through or have recently been through. I guess you could call what I'm talking about journaling, but to me that word puts too much emphasis on what you're writing in, when I want you to focus on the messages contained within what you're writing. Today I'm interviewing Kristen Manieri, a certified mindfulness teacher, host of the excellent podcast 60 Mindful Minutes, and author of several books on mindfulness, including the Mindfulness Journal, Daily Check-In, and the Mindfulness Journal for Teens. Kristen is also a coach who specializes in many things, including building habits. I'm going to be asking Kristen to share her insight on why written check-ins are valuable, as well as how to build the habit of doing them, and what to actually write about when we do them. Kristen, welcome. Thank you, Kate. So glad It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm really delighted to have you. So let's dive right in. Can you kind of set the stage for us and tell us about mindfulness, what it is and its benefits? It's kind of a word that we've all heard, but I think it's helpful to think about, like, what are we really talking about here? Mm -hmm. Well, I like to think of it instead of being a trait, you know, a characteristic, like you're a mindful person. I like to think of it as a state, almost like a place that we visit from time to time. And the reason why I like to do that is that It's important to know that our minds are designed not for mindfulness. They're designed for automation, that our very genius design as human beings are set up to carefully uh, share resources around our body, including with our brain, which takes the most amount of resources. And so when we automate the living of our lives, it just takes less resources. It takes less focus and thinking and strategy. So I say that because I think we think we should be more mindful. And I want you to know is like your your mind isn't set up that way. We have to actually 
bring some intention and habit and ritual to it. And when we do, we find that we'll just have more mindful moments. So that's the first thing I want to say about it is, is we're, we're talking about having mindful moments and maybe having more of them or having them more consistently versus becoming a mindful person, which is such a tall order when you think about how we really are an automated species. Oh, that's so cool. I had never really thought about that. When you say automation, we might think of that as mindless, right? And, totally. and mindless has this negative connotation, like, you know, oh, I'm not even thinking. Wow. <laughs> so I really like how you phrase that for us. And then, so when we start to have more mindful moments, kind of what are the benefits of that? Mm. Well, that's when we access our compassion, our kindness, you know, when we can get to the higher levels of our of our brain that actually feels for other people that can uh, think, mm, maybe I shouldn't say that that's not such a great idea, like our discernment, our patience lives in the mindful parts of our brain. But I, I think of it like our highest selves, like when we think about, if I was to say to you, like, Tell me who your best self is. When you bring your best self to the world, how would you describe those? And, and those are the things that we usually describe. I'm patient, I'm kind, I'm compassionate, I'm a good listener, I'm present, you know, all of those things. And those are only accessed when we get out of our automated way of being, when we're, we kind of just transcend our personality, the person that just sort of shows up when we're not really thinking about it. Mm. Great. I think when people hear mindfulness, they think things like, oh, meditating or, you know, becoming aware of their experience in terms of how to access mindfulness, right? Yeah. But probably not many people associate mindfulness in any way with writing. And since that's what I'm focusing on this week, can you tell us how writing and mindfulness are connected? Yeah, for sure. I think that there are definite people in this world that need to process their life experience. And by that, I mean, like how you're feeling, what you're thinking, you know, what sort of the narrative that you're creating around your life experience, they need to do that outside of their brain. And so for, for those people, and I'm definitely one of those people, I love to talk things out, you know, with a close friend or with my husband or even with my daughter or with a therapist. It's like I, it doesn't start to make sense to me until I get it out of my brain. But for a lot of us, we may not have someone right there when we have feeling something sort of bubble up or like the weather sort of changes inside and I, like, ah, oh, I need to process something. And so for me, that journaling is, is just the next best thing to talking it out with someone or it you know maybe it's the best thing when it's not appropriate to talk about it or you're not ready yet you haven't sort of you haven't sorted it out yet you're not ready to share what it is that's going on but journaling is just a it's a is a physical processing like a a written document of our inside out experience of what it is that we're living i like to think of it as you know, this talking it out or needing to talk it out as verbal processing. You yes. Know? Yeah. But not everybody has someone who's safe to do that with too, mm -hmm. you know, whether or not it's um, someone who or would handy. actively or handy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you're sharing something with someone and they just can get a little wrinkle in their eyebrow and you're like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm crazy. I don't even know what I was thinking. Forget I said anything. 
Mm. But that can't happen when you're writing. <laughs> it's so, um, it's private, but it also sort of feels like a two-way discourse to me. And so maybe that is tied into mindfulness through that higher self that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, there's this great book called Writing Down Your Soul. And I forget the name of the author right now, but she actually recommends journaling as if it's a conversation with you choose. It, you could pick the Buddha, you could pick Jesus, you could you know, pick a, you know, a, a best friend, but you imagine it being a back and forth, you know, writing down something like, I feel really stressed out right now. And then imagining almost evoking a response back. And the book really spoke to me because when I actually do bring some intention, like some real deliberateness to writing like that, I'm always so shocked and amazed <laughs> at the wisdom that comes out of of me when I actually frame it like, mm -hmm. hey, there's wisdom in there. You're welcome to the table. Like I, I want to kind of excavate it. And, it. and it's this sort of sneaky trick of imagining that I, that it's, you know, Gandhi who's talking to me or, you know, somebody else who is, must be way wiser than me. But the truth is it's still <laughs> coming from me. It's yeah, it's kind of a bit of a parlor trick, but it works. <laughs> Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, her name is Janet Connor. I have that book yes. sitting on my desk. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I'm yes. Researching yes. these this week of episodes. So yeah, that's very cool. Kristen, I have a few more questions for you, but I have to take a quick sponsor break. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, welcome back. I'm talking to Kristen Manieri about how to use writing as a tool to have more moments of mindfulness and awareness. So, Kristen, how can I strengthen my mindfulness skills through writing? I mean, what would I actually write about? You've created journals for people to write in and just, you know, help me help our listeners understand like you're going to sit down, you're going to open up a notebook or a journal, they got a pencil or a pen. What do you do? Mm. You know, the simplest way to start to have a, an, an inner experience or just to, to tune in to your inner experience is just to ask the question, what, what is going on with me right now? And then you just sort of bullet it out or what am I thinking about right now? Or what's on my mind or what's, What's present to me right now? Like think of a, of a phrasing that really starts to open things up for you. But the idea is like, I'm just sort of turning the lens inside and saying like, hey, what's my weather? Like, how am I feeling? What are, what's kind of like on my front page news? What am I ruminating on? What am I worried about? What am I excited about? And I'm really just doing an inventory of that. And sometimes that's all that needs to be done. Like even just a noticing of like, wow, I got a lot on my mind today. Like there's 10 things that I'm sort of bouncing around and being able to bring some compassion to that and being able to see, oh yeah, maybe connecting to, huh, that's probably why I feel so tired today. Like I have a lot, I've got a lot going on right now. Or even to just identify like, wow, it's, that's a heavy one. Like I, I have a heavy thing that I'm carrying around with me today. So to me, it's like, that's a simple practice. And, and I wouldn't even want to 
recommend any more than that because that's accessible to everyone. You don't need a special journal to do that. You don't need a you know special guided you know prompts or anything like that. It is literally just a checking in. And I imagine that if we were all to do that every single day and start to create space to create a conversation with ourselves, but also just start to notice the patterns. Like, wow, look at that. Every day this week, I was kind of ruminating on, you know, this job interview. I must be really wound up about that. Like I'm really stressed out. Maybe I should talk to someone. Maybe I should practice my interview skills, you know, whatever it is. But we can start to kind of see, you know, just sort of patterns and tendencies. And then that gives us good data for maybe what we should do next or if anything. Right. Yeah. That's so helpful. I mean, in some ways it's, it's a question that you would ask a friend, right? But you (laughs) wouldn't necessarily be able to, but you wouldn't be able to replay back what you said to a friend or be able to notice. I mean, I guess you could notice the trends in what you would say to to that question and answer to that question, but it's not staring you in the face the same way that it is when it's written on the page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have any tips on how to make that a habit? I know that that's one of your specialties. So it's kind of cool to do it once or twice, but how do we incorporate this into our lives? Mm. So the habit methodology that I learned that I was trained under uh, BJ Fogg, who's a Stanford University behavioral scientist, and he wrote a book called Tiny Habits, which I'm sure many people have heard of, is the process is that you start really, really small. So say you're like, yep, I want to do this habit of checking in with myself every day. So super small would be like one bullet. What's on my mind? I'm thinking about needing to go get more groceries, like whatever it is, just one. It could be, you could just write either like a sad face or a smiley face or an excited face. Like keep it super, super, super small. We don't want to use any motivation or willpower in order to lift this off. And we can always make it bigger later, but we start really, really small. We make it really, really easy, almost so easy that it's almost ridiculous not to do it. And then mm. we, we want to stack it or we want to pair it with something that you're already doing. So say you already know I, I brush my teeth every morning. I stand in the kitchen and wait for my coffee to brew every morning. I wait at the bus stop for my kids every day around three o'clock. Like whatever it is that you already see, there's a habit already built around that. Then you adhere it to that. So you've already got some automation going. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this. And now I'm also going to add this to it. And then the last thing is making sure to celebrate every time. So as you're building a habit, we wire more deeply around things that feel good. We know this because a lot of us have a a lot of very bad habits, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. eating a cookie after dinner that felt good. And so our brain was like, yum, yum, I'm going to create a habit around that. Well, how (laughs) we can kind of hack that process is by having a feel-good moment when we do the thing that we committed to doing. So that could be just like a fist pump or like a yes or a text to a friend. Like, I did it. You know, I have a a friend that I text to almost every day to let her know when I did yoga. And that's Mm. that's a feel-good celebration that tells my brain like, ooh, that felt good. Let's, Let's create some automation around that. Let's keep going with that. Oh, very cool. I love that. Could I use like, I love to play boggle. Could I, could I celebrate by playing boggle? Sure. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what's interesting is you probably already have the habit of playing boggle. So mm-hmm. you could add, as soon as you're done playing boggle, you could write down one thing that's on your mind, or write down a sentence about how you're feeling or something 
that tells you uh, that you tuned into yourself. So you can even flip that one and then you can play Boggle again. (laughs) (laughs) See, I knew, I knew Boggle was helping me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, So quick last question. I'm a mom to two kids, one of whom is a teenager. And I've talked to plenty of parents whose kids' mental health, I feel like in the pandemic has really, really struggled. It's It's been a lot for them to bear. And we know that journaling is good for kind of unburdening yourself. And you have written a mindfulness journal for teens. What would a daily written check-in have to offer them? And how can you effectively suggest as a parent, how can you effectively suggest that they try it? Yeah, it's definitely beneficial because it starts to wire them at such a young age toward this tendency of checking in with ourselves. Like it's, it's pretty amazing that if I was to ask you like, how are you doing? you're going to give me some sort of intellectual bullet points about how you're doing. But if I was to then say, no, how are you really doing? It's as Mm -hmm. if you would go and look somewhere else. Like there's a different place where you hold the real answer (laughs) to me asking you that question. Well, when we start to do that on our own, asking, okay, now how am I really doing? What's really going on inside for me? We become practiced at that, almost more skilled at attuning to ourselves. And so for someone who is you know, 13 or 14 or 15 to starting to develop that skill, that's a, that's, that will serve them for their entire life. Now, are they going to jump at it and say, yay, a mindfulness journal for teens. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, you're going to have to be a little crafty about it. And it might be finding really interesting ways to ask that question, you know, on the way back from baseball practice or, uh, you know, while you're sharing dessert or something like that. So it's, it's, it's likely not going to start with, I know, actually, let me just, just say something really quickly, bullet journals. I know a ton of teens that are absolutely loving bullet journals. So that might be a, a way in as well, that this idea of this beautiful, almost visual, colorful depiction of how someone's doing on the inside. So that mm. could work as well. Okay, cool. I'm definitely going to check that out. So for folks who want to connect with you and hear more from you and learn more about your books hopefully buy one because they're awesome. Where can they find you? They can go to kristinmaneri.com. Yep. And I've got all kinds of free goodies on there and they can email me and check out the podcast. So thank you. Okay, great. I'll include your URL in the show notes. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoy talking to you and I'm, I'm thinking about mindfulness differently and I love that. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is Kate back with your tiny assignment. So I really loved how Kristen pointed out that you can start so small. You could just write one bullet point and that would be beginning to build a habit in a very effective and productive way. So your tiny assignment is to do just the very barest minimum of the exercise that she suggested. Just one bullet point if you want that answers the question, what's going on with me today? And then once you do it, reward yourself for that behavior. Maybe if you're like me, you'll go and play boggle on your phone. Or you could get up and make a cup of tea or step outside or pet your dog. But do something that makes you feel good so that you'll naturally want to do this habit again. Because over time, making friends with yourself is one of the kindest things you can do for yourself and a portal to personal growth. I hope you'll come back tomorrow when I am sharing the only way I ever get any writing done. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. 
Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 